must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. My Lord Duke. Where the fear is gone, only I will remain. So will Paul stand strong in the face of fear? Let's find out together, shall we? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast. I am Sheila Amato and you can find me and my wife on Twitter at Forever Fan Pod. And I am Kimberly Amato and you can also find us on our website foreverfangirls.com or on Instagram at Forever Fan Pod. We are your hosts and we're glad you can join us. And as you heard on slightly longer than average uh, intro, we are going to be discussing the current reboot of the 1984 film. I don't know if it's a reboot or a remake or what or a different iteration, but it's 2021's Dune. Yes. And so, as always, our discussion will have spoilers. So if you have not seen it yet, please pause us and then come back to listen to our discussion. All right. So. I've heard of the 1984 Dune movie, but I've never actually seen it. We watched both movies this weekend. Yes, but that was after we watched 2021. I was just... 2021 version. Well, you can't say anything about 1984. I I understand that. I'm just saying that, you know, I didn't see it. I was looking forward to seeing the 2021 version. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we ended up seeing the 1984 version. Well, you have to, to compare and contrast. Yes. So um, I realize that I can't say a lot because we're in a spoiler-free zone. Okay. So so we'll just say thank you so much for tuning in to our review opinion of the movie Dune. Yes. And so let's go ahead and get started with our discussion. Okie dokie. This is for me to say this time. Yeah. Dune 2021 was released simultaneously in theaters and on streaming HBO Max on October 22nd, 2021. And my lovely wife gave me the IMDb description. (coughs) Feature adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy. Why are you whispering? I'm not whispering. You are. I'm saying it with like an, an emphasis. No, you're whispering. I wasn't whispering. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a little more background into the movie, right? That most vital element that Kimberly just mentioned is uh, spice in the specific galaxy anyway. Wait, can I cut in? So I'll tell you what they want, what they really, really want. So tell me no. what they want, what they really, no, really no. want. They wanna, anyway, they wanna, they wanna. I, I'm ignoring you. I love you. Uh, anyway, so spice is only found on the desert planet Arrakis. And the spice is, quote, a sacred hallucinogen that preserves life, preserves life, and brings enormous health benefits, at least for the Fremen, who are native to the planet Arrakis. But spice also makes interstellar travel possible, so it makes it very valuable to the Imperium. Now, the bad guys here are the Harkonnens, Harkonnens? Harkonnens. I think it's Harkonnens. Um, who were mining the spice and became very rich and powerful. Um, the emperor ordered the Harkonnens out and they, you know, by decree, they had to leave Arrakis. And then the House of Atreides would now be the new steward of the planet. And the duke actually saw through this maneuvering, mm-hmm. right? He He thinks that there's going to be a very... Uh, gray, they're going to be in very grave political danger by doing this. When the Duke and his family land on, on Arrakis, the Fremen 
see Paul and his mother, Lady Jessica, and they start to whisper that Paul might be the Messiah that they've that has been prophesied to save their people. And, and that's what you missed on. Aye, aye, aye. Um, so I was going to say, let's stop there because that's like, you know, th- basically the the very shortened version. That's like an almost thousand page book in a paragraph. <laughs> yes. And that's not even all of it. No, that's not all of it. But that's the foundation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's dive into the good, the bad, and the cute of the film. And the unicorn poop. Ah, uh, Yes, that too. So go for it. So, you know, comparing this to the 1984 version, the 2021 version has a very diverse cast. You know, they, they, it's, and it was very stark to me actually um, seeing the 1984 version and seeing, you know, we just finished the 2021 version. The 1984 version was just all white men. It was just very, it was just very odd to see. Yeah, I preferred the casting of the new film. Yes, hundred percent. Yes, and it it just it made it more plausible because the world is made up of a lot more people, right? And so you would think that as humans went into different galaxies, that they would also be quite diverse. So I like that. And so in addition to the diverse cast, this movie really had incredible, incredible visual effects. Yeah, and I know a lot of people say that you you should see it in theaters. I'd kind of counter that point. I don't feel comfortable going to theaters yet. And it, it looks spectacular on our, you know, average size yeah, television. Especially since, you know, it's, what is it, 4K, right? It was a 4K, yeah. 4K TV, but we turned off all the light, 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 the lights. Let's try that again. We turned off the lights. It was night outside. Mm-hmm. And really and truly, it, it was stunning. It was stunning. I mean, the visuals are, it blows your mind what they were able to create. Mm-hmm. I don't need a movie theater to show me that. Yeah. I mean, you know, before COVID, I would drag you to like see movies on IMAX, like the Star Wars movies, because it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it has to be this big. Would you have seen this movie there? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, with COVID, I agree with you. I'm not comfortable yet going to the theater. So this is this is absolutely fine. Yeah. I, like I said, I think the, the model is changing where you're going to have a theatrical release timeline and then it's going to go right to the streaming services first and mm-hmm. then it'll go to like video on demand i was going to say video video <laughs> on demand um i think the models are changing yeah. and adapting and i kind of like them yeah um so to go hand in hand with the visual effects right mm-hmm. i think that the score was really it reminded me of the score of arrival Mm-hmm. And you were actually the one who told me that the director for for Dune twenty twenty one was actually the same director for Arrival. Yeah, and so it it made sense that you know the same type of score for something this epic is there. It helps back up because like you could have these gorgeous, gorgeous picture. I can't speak at all. I'm so sorry. Gorgeous, picturesque views, <laughs> yeah. and especially over the dunes like you could have these amazing sequences and if the story doesn't bring the emotion in they're just very pretty pictures yeah i mean the way they did everything with the score and the underlying just bringing out the emotion within it it was just it just like with a, a horror film where i, I was telling you uh, during halloween that mm. oh someone's gonna die here yeah. you can feel it and then when they don't you get that anxiety lift and then it's oh okay and then you become like almost calm about it when you hear it again and then you get a jump scare right this just built it up and was like all right something is gonna happen here right. what is it and right. it was really well done yeah i agree um i especially loved right we, we were talking about visual effects earlier i love that their their cars 
and I have the air quotes going on here, um, you know, the, the vehicles that they used to like travel in, mm-hmm. um, they were in the shape of a dragonfly. And when that first came on screen, I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. I'll admit I laughed at first. Of course you did. But I was like, look, it's, a, it's in the shape of a dragonfly. It's like the, it's, it's, it's a very strong flying insect. Right. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that it's very diverse in its flying capability, it can fly up, down and, you know, hover. It's just it, it's just so cool. <laughs> I giggled at it at first. I'm like, the blades are going to hit each other. I don't understand no. the, the design of this. What what changed my perception on it was mm-hmm. when they went into the dive mm-hmm. to yeah. save the, the people in the spice the shame, yeah, spice catcher. Yeah, um, they were going to get ginger spice because it's red. <laughs> oh <my laughs> but when they went on the dive, and you realize that all of the blades move independently back and forward, mm-hmm. and that made it interesting. I was like, okay, so they've made a diverse, like, flying machine that, like you said, can go up, down, left, right at, at an expeditious rate. Yes, as needed. So I was like, like oh, all right, that so that made cool. sense. I needed to see it in action. Otherwise, I was like, it's it's a flapping insect. Ah. Oh. It was just weird. Well, see, I I always loved dragonflies anyway when I was younger. So you could see something always, I couldn't. Well, they were they were always like incredible to me anyway when I was growing up. So they always dive bomb me in the outfield, and I used to duck. <laughs> see, different experiences. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's see what other good is there. Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa, yeah, like <laughs> really, he's in this movie. We got to see it. Yeah, he's he's great. Just the scenes that he was in is just like, oh, okay, more of him, please. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the cast in general is a stellar, powerful cast that mm-hmm. we've seen in so many different things. Like Zendaya. Yeah. I mean, she's She's, she's just brilliant. phenomenal. Yeah. She could read me the phone book and I'd be like, I'll go to see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So shall we move on to themes then? Unless you have any more good? No, we can jump into themes. Okay. So now this film had a lot of different themes and you know with a with a sci-fi epic novel like this you you would expect that, right? Well, it, yeah. It tackles a lot of different big themes here. Um but to me especially, you know, being a leader that that theme to me is the number one that pops up in my head because being a good leader is hard, right? You have to make the the very hard decisions. People look to you, and in this particular galaxy, right? All the other house how, uh, house houses houses actually was looking to the house of Atreides as their their leader, which is why the emperor sent. Just as a side note, the emperor did not take the Harkonnens away from the money and the spice because they didn't want them there. They didn't like the house treaties was getting more, more popular power, yes. because people were looking to them to lead because they didn't lead with an iron fist. Right. They led with compromise. Right. And of course the emperor, which we've never, we, we don't see at all in the 2021 version. Yeah. He's only referenced. The emperor is not well liked or you're getting that, that you feeling. get the vibe that they're not well liked. Right. So that's, so the emperor sends House of Treaties to Arrakis. Arrakis to deal with the spice. The Harkonnens have sabotaged everything. Mm-hmm. And then the emperor is backing the Harkonnens to go in and wipe out the House of Treaties in order to take the planet back. And then it looks like, oh, they were just evil enemies. And right. so one house wiped out another house. And it restores the rule of power. Right. At least to the emperor. Yeah, the, supposedly. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the idea that I'm getting. Yeah. 
from that situation. Right. But with the themes, it's here's this group, this house that puts people over production, people over power. You know, when it comes to that spice machine, when a worm was coming and then the little robot that was supposed to fly out and pick it up and take it away, away from the worm so that they don't, it's broken. One of the feet can't grab. And instead of allowing them to die... And even the guy who's running it goes, but we're full of spice. We, we've got yeah. it. We need to stay. Yeah. And he says, screw that. Yeah. You need, we need to get you off. And they're like, but we're going to be too heavy. And then they unload all of this stuff. Yeah. Their, their protection, their shield protection. Yeah. They got rid of everything in order to get, in order more, people. To get more people on so that they can save everyone on that contraption. Yeah. And the look uh, I don't remember the character's name, but the look the... Um, it was a doctor. The doctor gives the Duke is just like, wait, what did you say? Yeah, because... Because he yeah, said, screw the spice. Yeah, the the doctor has seen who is who is part of the Fremen. Mm-hmm. She has seen everybody before the Duke just come for the spice. Damn everybody else mm-hmm. and everything else. The The most important thing is to get the spice. Everything and everyone is expendable. Right. But then for, for the Duke of Atreides, no, people are the most important thing here. So, Which is why he's the threat. Right, because he is the opposite. It's an interesting parallel to today where it's people over party is how it should run. Yeah. It should always be people over party. Rather than and party in, over people. And instead, it's right now the United States is party over people. Mm-hmm. And allegiances and lies and all of this stuff to permeate and continue controlling with an iron fist is prevalent. Yeah. The minorities ruling. The what is it? The ten percent or one percent of the population has like eighty percent of the funds. Oh well, if you're talking about wealth, yes. So you know, if you think about the parallels, the Harkonnens are sitting there going, "We're wealthy beyond our wildest imaginations. We have control. We have this. We have that. Why would the more. emperor take it? Yeah. We need it. We want more. They thrive on it. Yeah. And then you find out the emperor is sending the other house there to be obliterated. Why? Because that house is getting all the other houses to look to them going, wait a minute, what are we going to do? He even says, it's not the spice that's important here. It's not the spice that is, yes, it's important to the galaxy. Yes, it is important to the the Fremen. Yes, it is an immense, valuable asset. But he even says when meeting the leader of the Fremen, when he's like, I I think you mentioned something about respect. Yeah, you know, I give you respect because I I also expect respect expect respect back or something to that effect. In return, It's, it's a give and take. Yes. But he also, along the way, mentions desert power. Desert power isn't what is the spice. Desert power was the people. If you respect the people and you work with the people and you meet the people, the people are what is powerful about this planet. Well, because they've, they've figured out how to live in a very undesirable and really hostile living. It's a wasteland. Yeah. And they thrive. Yes. They, they were able to create suits to help them survive. Yeah. That brings up another theme that was very prevalent, at least to me, was that, you know, there's a symbiotic relationship between people, things, plants, and all of that, as well as the planet, right? There were um, like 20 palm trees or date trees that were planted there. And in that scene, Paul was saying, well, you know, if it's taking water that could take away from 100 people just to keep 20 trees alive why can't we just take the trees out and the caretaker was like no these are sacred it's the fact that the the trees are thriving in this desolate area because there is a give and take yeah 
they're they're simple because there's a balance. Mm-hmm, right? There's we, even I mean they even bring up the during the beginning when Paul and Lady Jessica are on the run, they come across this big uh, plant of some kind that had been under construction and it was about water because there is water in this planet. It is yeah. underneath. Right. And they had built it to change the planet, to make it alive, to give it greenery, to mm-hmm. make it different where it could be populated and, and all of this stuff and bring life to the planet. And when they realized how important spice was to travel and how lucrative it was, they immediately shut everything down. They said, no, 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 we're yeah, not going to even bother. It. Yep. Because spice is money and that is what we want. Again, power over, you know, people, profit over people. Right. And if they if they just made a little bit more balanced decision there maybe, then they could have had both where the planet could be more habitable. And you know, maybe there was a balance, but also it's the spice is only made on this planet. Yeah. So you're going to down the line if you think about it, if you remove, you're going to run out of spice. So maybe the idea is there's got to be a way to compromise where we continue to look for something new mm-hmm. and not decimate this planet and make it even worse. Right. So it, it just goes back to the importance of life and how really without the people, you can't mine the spice. Mm-hmm. And without without life or like trees and stuff like that to to provide shade or whatever, right? It just, it, there, yeah, there's no other way to say it. There needs to be a balance. So are we good with the good? I think so. Okay, so go ahead into the bad. Okay. So um, at the very beginning of this film, and up until maybe like half, three, three quarters of the way through, I was really confused. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I had mentioned doing, during our spoiler-free section that, you know, we, we saw the 1984 film. And the reason for that was because I I wanted to get a a better foundation about what was going on. I didn't get it. And when we watched the 1984 version where they actually had, you know, they they had the the planets and who which house was on that planet and it actually delineated that these were different planets and that they were traveling. They mentioned that in the 2021 film, but it just went over my head. I, there was just I couldn't make the connection. There were a lot of also fast cuts. There was a lot of quick stuff that happened in the beginning to lay the foundation. Yeah. And then it was kind of done in an awkward way. Yeah, I actually thought that the House of Atreides was on the same planet as as um, you know, the Spice. I didn't realize that they were two different planets. So that's where I was also like confused. Okay, well, they're traveling. It's well, one's a be- desert planet, one isn't. But I missed that. Yeah. I, it, I it didn't it not- wasn't clear enough the way the way it was delivered I think could have been better yeah the way it was expressed that doesn't mean that they didn't lay the foundation well it just means it would have been nice to be clearer yeah and I actually mentioned to you that you know maybe it was a few minutes in that I I needed an encyclopedia to understand what was what was what and who was who. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the 1984 film had the planet and the house that lived there. That is the easiest thing. That yeah. right, right there, that would have alleviated 90% of the confusion because you would know, okay, we're on a different planet. We're on a yes. different planet. You would understand why the, the outfits were different, why what they were wearing was different, all right. of that stuff. And the other thing that, that kind of ties into that, that added to my confusion, is that I had a hard time deciphering some of the dialogue 
Especially between Paul and Lady Jessica. Yeah, and you're not alone on that. I thought it was our sound system mm-hmm. because remember how I, I was jacking up the volume for the dialogue yeah. and then an explosion would happen. The freaking house would shake and I'd have to jack the volume down real quick. And it was just, it, it got very tedious. But when I looked online, apparently it happened in theaters as well. People were having okay. issues hearing. So that to me is a production issue. A sound mixing issue, maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe they didn't, you know, uh, develop. It or, or the actors were so low and they didn't raise their microphones. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't deal with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm only like a writer and an actor. I have produced, but it's like I've, I don't understand sound mixing. I don't understand how it works. I would say we lost, in my humble opinion, conservatively about forty percent of the dialogue between Lady Jessica and Paul throughout yeah. the whole film. Yeah, and and unfortunately, that was like the meat of everything that needed us to to you know go through the story right the i really i missed like key points because i just could not hear the dialogue very well and like i said i don't think it's a tone issue it wasn't a volume issue for us we had volume leveling on deliberately to lower um things and raise other things i had the bass lowered down i mean i did everything i could to raise the treble up so that we could hear it and it i just i couldn't and i didn't miss anything of jason momoa no. Javier Barden. Yeah. Or Zendaya either. Yeah. I mean I, I heard I heard their dialogues really, really well. Yeah. Um it was primarily for Paul and Lady Jessica that we lost a, a lot of it. I could hear right. and I could understand about ninety percent of the cast, but those two, I think maybe because they were the primary characters we followed through, they are the ones the storyline pre- follows. Yeah. I think that's that was the biggest issue for me. I actually loved when they were doing like sign language because then you know the, the colors, captions would the come caption up. would come up. I thought and, that was an ingenious little ad. Yeah, I that was like really cool. We should have put that in the good. But I actually mentioned to you at one point we should have had closed captioning on so that I could actually see you know what they were talking about and at least not lose it. That would have driven me crazy. I know, which is why I was like, all right, let's let's not do that. Maybe I'll do that in the rewatch or something. But you're gonna um, rewatch it. Well, I had to rewatch it for some of some of the notes here. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. Um, Maybe if part two gets greenlit and comes out, you can watch it with captions before watching part two just to say you finished it. Yeah. Well, I, I would want to, hopefully, because we're recording this you know, during the weekend and we don't know how it's going to be doing in, in the box office. Yeah. We don't, we don't know if it's so, been greenlit or not. This is... Yeah, so hopefully it it does well enough on the bo- in but the box office that they will go ahead and create part two. So here's a question for you: Is it a film right now? Having seen this, would you be like, "Oh man, I have to see part two? Or is it seeing part two because you just need to say, "I finished it"? I would want to see part two because I would want to compare it to the 1984 version. Okay, and to say that I finished it. it it drives me crazy when I start something and I don't finish it. So I, I'd want to see part two to know what happened and how they interpreted the rest of the film. This one thing about the 1984 version is that it, it's, it's kind of slow. It is complete. It is one complete film. And I think in this case, you know, this was extraordinarily slow. I am yeah. used to slow builds. That has nothing to do with this. This was so slow, you and I had time to have conversations about anything and everything that had nothing to do with the film. Yeah. That is how, I don't want to say boring because it wasn't boring, but that is how I felt 
not engaged. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to create a, uh, you know, this new world, right? And so it's going to take time. It's going to take time. And, and we've seen other films where it does take time, like Lord, Lord of, of the, the Rings. Rings. You know, that creating worlds takes time. And so that's, that's fine. But then, like with Lord of the Rings, the only way I can, I can explain is that with the Lord of the Rings, the first one, when that ended, The Fellowship, I was like, wait, what? No, it, it can't be two and a half hours already. I, I, I want to see more. And the thing is, that was slow too, but there's like, I'll take The Arrival since the, the director did both. Mm-hmm. The Arrival was slow. Yes, it was. But yet there was an emotional building in the background. There were characters that were being developed. There was all this other stuff going on that pulled you in. So even with these beautiful special effects and and everything else, you know, without plot, without character driven, there's really, you're missing. You're you're empty. And when when I watched this, I'm like, this is the most stunning visually- that I have ever seen. That's not enough to carry it for me. And when you're not allowing, like there's, there's not enough. And I, I think if they had made this a maybe three and a half, almost four hour film, I know a lot of people like, Whoa, wait a minute. But think about it. Cut out half the beginning because they didn't need to show Paul on his home planet and doing all this other stuff. They could have literally been pretty quick in the beginning to develop, show them in their home planet, show them accepting the treaty and then show them leaving uh, Zendaya doing the beginning entry was okay. I liked it. It was a good foundation. They could have immediately gone to the battle and then gone to him meeting up with the uh, the Fremen and mm-hmm. then started on there. And they probably could have finished the entire film taking out a lot of little side notes that you don't necessarily, um, that maybe the book needs, but like in any film like Harry Potter and everything else, when you've got a lot going on, you do need to take side notes out. Mm-hmm. I think they could have done it in one film it would have been stunning and maybe just maybe it would have felt like the Lord of the Rings. It would have felt like a rival. It would have felt like a connection of some kind other than this is visually stunning. Yeah. Cause I, I had that same thing with you. We, and we were talking about it when the movie ended. Um, I just didn't feel connected as much as I was like with the Amy Adams character, for example, in mm-hmm. arrival. It, it, yeah. There was just, it just wasn't there for me. I even felt connected to the aliens in Arrival. In Arrival, oh my when gosh. they go, yeah. you know, one of them. I don't remember the. Um, it started with an A. I don't remember the alien's name. He goes, he's end stage. Yeah, I was bawling. And we were and, like, oh my, oh my god. god! But the thing is, that is what a good film does. It gives you the visuals, but it also gives you the emotion. Yeah, and if you know, for me. Watching this, I kept telling you, my God, that's gorgeous. My yeah. God, that's beautiful. That is an amazing, I mean, it. I was in awe of the special effects. But you know what? If I just wanted to know about the special effects and the awe and everything, I would have put it on mute. Yeah. And I would have watched the first 45 minutes and then turned it off. If I really only cared about visuals, I would sit there and make it an ad to travel to the shooting locations. This is a film that you're asking me to pay to see. I need more than just stunning visuals, amazing sound, and a brilliant cast. Yeah. And maybe it's just, it just, there was just that something missing that made it not click, at least for, for us. Whatever that it is. Yeah, whatever that it is. Um, the other thing that I was kind of disappointed with was that Zendaya wasn't really utilized as much in this movie. And maybe that's because there's part two and, you know, she'll be more utilized there, but... 
I wanted to see more of her here. And when marketing shows her as prominently. Yes, that's why I was like, that, okay. That irritated me to high holy. You know, you're, you're baiting and switching me. Mm. And you have one of the most talented women I have ever seen. I know. I was, I was actually half expecting her to like, you know, burst into song. Well, that's <laughs> when you know it's not a great film when literally you're wondering if she's going to break into song. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, she was, she was phenomenal in the, la- the, the greatest showman. Yeah. And she's great in this. When she came, when we finally see her. Yeah. She, and, and this should have been in the good. And I'm going to correct us that her performance, I know you mentioned it, but she steals every scene she's in. Yeah. I especially, but she's love, what, five, 10 minutes? Yeah. Total. Um, that scene where Paul was about to fight one of the Fremen, you know, and she said, I want you to die with honor, mm-hmm. you know, to, to give him that opportunity. And you know, she wasn't giving him much chance to, to survive. No, she, a, she's a battle, like, I right? know this guy, this guy fights. I know him well, right. you, I don't know. Right. But just because she didn't know him doesn't mean that she wants him to like fail miserably. Like she wants him to have a chance, even though he's going to, you know, lose his life you know, give him everything that he he could use. So that to me shows how her character, how the, her character is just so powerful in that in that sense. She's, take the acting aside, which again, you know, I think is stellar. She's a brilliant actress. Mm-hmm. Her character set up the foundation for the film in the beginning. Her character is like the commonality across his dreams. Her character is literally the foundation throughout this whole damn thing. And they don't use her that much. In a three-hour film almost? Well, two and a half. And again, we haven't seen part two. We don't know what's happening with part two. But the idea is, she's so amazing. Their chemistry is good. Yeah, it I think it actually works. It added yeah. more. And I remember looking at you when they're walking over the hill and the, the music hits a crescendo. I said, now watch, there'll be credits. And literally once I was done, there was credits. Yeah. Because yes, there's an ending line. They're meeting up and it's now the second part because Paul makes this big declaration. Yeah, And it makes sense because, you know, it is a it is a beginning for him, right? It's a, it's a new chapter. Yeah, yeah. And part two, they're going to say, but wait, it's going to be so much better because you're going to have all of these characters and you're going to have amazing stuff. You know what? 1984 had a pug. The movie's horrible, but they had a pug for no reason. <laughs> there's literally, there's there's website links and articles designed for it. There's a pug and the pug survives this big battle and the pug is brilliant and the pug makes the movie. They had Zendaya. They mm-hmm. had Jason Momoa. Yeah. They had Harvey by Dan. And it's frustrating because when you see someone that is that talented and that good and in that character is so good and you just don't, you don't get to see enough of it. Yeah. And then you're told like, wait, there's more. You know what this felt like to me? Mm. And anybody who's played video games, hopefully you you know the reference. It felt like the buildup of playing Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2, and then getting to the end of Mass Effect 3 where all three endings felt identical and then being told when I was done with it, the ending kind of, I went, what? And then something pops on the screen and says, thank you so much for finishing the Mass Effect trilogy or something like that. And there's like experiencing, experience more with Commander Shepard with the DLC coming soon. And I went, what? And I woke you up because I was so flabbergasted. 
Yeah, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You you woke me up for this? Yeah, and I spent like however many hours in three games with this character developing them and making making choices with them to have an ending that felt like the choice was taken out of my hands. And that is what this film felt like for me. You have brilliant cast. You have brilliant scenery. And it feels like you handed me a version of art that I don't understand, I don't get, and doesn't feel like what you promised me is what you're giving me. Well, I I don't know anything about video games, so I can't relate to that. You know how much I played Mass Effect? I do. Believe me. I do. Um, <laughs> Should we go to the cute? Let's, let's, let's. Please. Okay. Okay. So for me, one of the cute things is the interaction between Duncan, which is Jason Momoa's character, and Paul, right? Mm. It's like the big brother. Duncan is the big brother to Paul's character. And they're so cute. They they are. And, you know, even even that scene where he's like, oh, wait, you've, you've grown muscle? He's like, <laughs> yeah, did I? I was like, uh, no. <laughs> it's no, like no, you didn't. But it's like yeah. the teasing. The again, this is why I say this is hard for me because they had moments like this that were in the movie that were so good, and they developed so much character, and they added so much to it, and then they just dropped it. Yeah. For me, also, Jason Momoa's character talking about uh, the respect he has for the for the Fremen, what they've developed, how they've um, done all of these amazing things, the suits they've created, the compass, where he mm-hmm. says there's no magnetic north, so it won't work. Or well, the moon has yeah, a magnetic field or something. There's two moons or something. Yeah. Um, but they explain how normal stuff won't work, so you've got to adapt, and they, they adapted, and these are what they created, and they accepted him, and they brought him in because he didn't come in to conquer them. He came in to work with them. Yeah, and and he has, clearly, he has respect for them. Yes, and it's such a, a brilliant thing because where does that come from? That's a, a, it's, see, it's adorable and it's cute because of the way he delivers it because he's like in awe like a kid in a candy store going, yeah. oh my God, look at all these great things I have. Right. But it's also an excellent good and a benefit because it shows that the the words of his leader, the Duke, has trickled, trickled all down, the way down. Yeah. He sees by example what's going on, and he as a human being is continuing that. Whereas when you see the Bautista's character, who I don't even remember his name, he is doing what his leader does, right. his uncle does. Right. Which is basically control, scream, yell, and take. And kill. And kill. Yeah. And I don't know if we, we actually touched upon this or not, but um, Jason Momoa, again... <laughs> clean shaven looks so different i know i'm like wait what yeah it was i i wish i had something to say there i just don't <laughs> he's just so different and it was a different it was so cute i was like oh you look so cute yeah exactly because the thing is he just i i'm so used to seeing him with facial hair that when you don't i kind of was i was like wait a minute what yeah it's like um he has a baby face what right no no, you need to be. You know what? I, I, we're still going to see Jason Momoa in anything he does, but it's just, it was very different. It was kind yeah. of a shock. Yeah. So anyway, anything, any other cute? No. Yeah? No. Okay. So that is our discussion of June 2021. You're going to say 2001. I, I was. I, I do not know what it, what my hang up is with that year. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. So now it's the, t- it now is the time for our Forever Fangirls rating. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Drum roll, please. All right. We rate June 2021 1.5 stars. I'm just going to say my personal opinion because I know there's a lot of people that like this movie that I've seen online. Okay. For me, and I'm going to just go. 
Okay. I'm going to apologize in advance. Okay. This was bad. I'm being blunt. It was bad. I love sci-fi. I love slow buildups. I love developing worlds. I love it. I love it. I am patient. I don't care. You make me sit on the couch for for nine hours watching Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh I will God. do it. it I don't so, care. Yes. Mm. I loved Arrival, but that film had Amy Adams and a character whose emotions assisted the story. It it became a black hole that ripped us apart one molecule at a time before rebuilding us on the other side, forever changed by what we witnessed. Here we have sandworms that never attempt to kill the free meal standing right in front of it that it chased down for the possibility of a meal by a thumper. And I get it. I get it. It might have been in the book. I have not read the books. But the original film in 1984 showed the sandworm in the exact same position banging on the rocks trying to get to them and when it failed it then turned to the thumper because the meal that was chased down was no longer available and easy maybe the other one would why expend the energy when push comes to shove it's like a great white shark in the vastness of the ocean it does not turn down a meal it honed in on for the possibility of a shipwreck nearby there's no guarantee of food in a wasteland and in essence that is what this film has done to me it focused on what it could have been instead of what it was. It could have been more. It could have been the arrival of the films to bring these books, the the massive lore, to light in the most fantastic and beautiful way. And instead of giving us the Hunger Games, we were handed the unfinished Divergent series. Okay, are you done? I said I was going to go. All right. I just, I'm sorry. I, you know. I'm so sorry. Thank you, Suzanne, for the (laughs) soundbite. I just, I felt so cheated so cheated yeah and there's not really much that i can add to that because it just it's it's true i was just afraid that you know you weren't taking a breath there when you were i wasn't I was like I was, oh my god i had that all written so that i could make certain points uh. just want to point that out but i mean we have seen epic fantasies we have seen brilliant long sci-fi because sci-fi good sci-fi requires real buildup and real stories because you're creating a world. I have read books that people would probably be like, oh my God, they're so long. And I'm like, yeah, the first 50% of the book is literally just setting, setting up, up everything. Yeah. Because but you need to. But it's brilliant. Yeah. And this had everything going for it. And it was like, no. Yeah. I mean, you know, I did not see 1984, as I mentioned. You mean not now. the movie 1984, I mean, Dune 1984. The Dune, yes, the 1984 version of Dune. Um, so I was actually looking forward to seeing this film because I'm like, okay, it's another sci-fi. We and love the trailers sci-fi. looked yeah. stunning. And the Especially cast since and- Zendaya was like really prominent in those. I think we, you know, we, we talked about Look, that already. You know what? I'm just going to give five stars real quick. I'm doing my little drum roll. Five stars to the pug. In the 1984 version. Because there was no pug in the 2021 version. That pug was literally, there was no reason for it to be there. And it was the most adorable damn thing. And the pug wins the day. I'm giving five stars to the pug. Oh my goodness. Okay. Tongue sticking out. And it survived everything. It was strapped to Patrick Stewart's chest and ran into battle and it survived. I know. Pug wins the day. What? Okay. Anyway. Are you okay now? I'm sorry. You ready? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, now that I've done the I'm so sorry. But in, in truth, like, 
I, I really want to know, because like, I loved reading the comments of, of hearing what people thought about this, because there were some things that I, I didn't see mm-hmm. that people pointed out on Twitter. So that, you know, we do we do read all of our comments. We do listen to our speak pipe. Um, recently, someone informed me that we missed something in our podcast with Black Widow. And, you know, we did all of the sequences they brought up. I'm like, oh, my God, they were cute. When Yelena was mentioning the post, they were cute. We forgot to mention it. I love hearing this. Mm-hmm. So please, if you want to reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram or, you know, even better on speakpipe.com forward slash forever fangirls podcast, we do love hearing from you and hearing what you think, not only of our podcast, but of the film. If we missed something or you loved it and we didn't or you hated it and we loved it, let us know. We do enjoy hearing from you. Like I said, this is just our opinion. Everybody has an opinion and everybody has like in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Everyone has a choice. Everyone has thoughts. So we're just sharing ours and we appreciate that you listen to us and you, you give us the opportunity. So we do want to hear from you. And if you have a moment, please subscribe and rate our podcast so we can keep doing what we're doing for you. Yes. And so until next time, stay safe, be kind. And remember, as Duncan said, dreams make good stories, but everything important happens when we're awake because that's when we can make things happen. So go follow your dreams and make things happen. 